0: Are the job centres full of former left MMPs?
1: Answer me this,
2: answer me this Are all opinion polls just a cock tease? Answer me
1: this, answer me this Helen
0: and Ollie, answer me this
2: Well, it's the election result you've been waiting a week for. Did Oliver Dowden's campaign of face and fields win the day in Hartsmere?
0: How can you beat face and fields? (laughs) It's the new tits and teeth, isn't it? Uh,
2: Well, big shout out to all you One Nation Conservatives. Yes, indeed, he was elected to serve Hartsmere with an increased majority of 18,461.
0: 18,000, wow. Yeah, so remember Um,
2: next time, fellow candidates, face and fields.
0: Is he going to take the posters down now or will he just leave them for five years?
2: I, I really like the idea that they might just be there forever and ever.
0: He's like um, a god of the country.
2: <laughs> uh, in other news from last episode, you may recall Dave, the man who's bringing Hankering back. Hey. He wanted to know uh, what he could eat that was older than himself. Toby in Cheshire has been in touch to point out an obvious omission from our answer last episode. Uh, He says, I wonder if there is a bar of Kendall mint cake in the bottom of someone's rucksack somewhere left over from the 1980s.
0: Every rucksack. Uh,
2: Not just edible after a decade or more, but energising and almost nutritious as witnessed in episode 296. Yeah.
0: yeah, fair point
2: He's right And we've Very talked about nice. it before How it survives the decades In some sort of Nuclear fallout way Yeah Do you think the latest Magmax film features A lot of condiment cake That survived the uh, Nuclear apocalypse? <laughs> <laughs> could be a
1: simple form of trading
0: They're just living off that And tinned Frey bentos pies
1: <laughs>
0: But uh, those are a lot Of the deleted scenes Charlie's trying to get Into the tins hmm. Also on the sugary tip John in Melbourne Uh, wrote in to say I have got an unopened tin of travel suites in a special Charles and Diana royal wedding commemorative tin that I bought in 1981 (laughs) so a tad older than your 33 year old listener
2: that's probably worth something though I think if you open them they're going to be worth less in the future yeah
0: it's true he said I paid about a quid for it in 81 and they're now worth nine quid on eBay
2: is that all (laughs) unopened Charles and Diana wedding memorabilia
0: I suppose though there was so much memorabilia then like the mugs are not worth anything millions of them were produced
2: Sure, and ditto, I'm sure, the souvenir copy editions of the Daily Express and whatever But when it comes to travel suite memorabilia <laughs> I'd imagine more, over time people will give in and eat one, wouldn't they? You can, there's only so many decades you can keep it in a dash for
0: I think the point is, though, travel suites are so resistible That it's easy not to eat them and leave them for posterity in this way Well, Niall has written in with an inarguable suggestion for eating something that's older than you He says, convert to Catholicism, take Holy Communion, eat Jesus, age 33 Hashtag transubstantiation
2: Eat Jesus age 33
0: Well that was the the alleged age at which he died Also a lot of communion wafers have probably been in the cupboard since
2: uh, the 1800s Well, I can't help feeling that is a slight oversimplification of the sacrament of the Eucharist But
0: Well transubstantiation is very controversial isn't it
2: I do quite like the idea of the uh Catholic Church bringing about a poster campaign that was just Jesus on the cross with Eat Me written across his torso.
1: (laughs) Hey, this is Elliot from Manchester. Helen and Ollie, answer me this. What was the first on-screen kiss between a
2: non-heterosexual couple?
0: Presumably he means in a fictional thing rather than like news footage of the Stonewall riots or something.
2: Yes, and I'm going to take this to mean in a mainstream production as well, Mm -hmm. uh, because of course there were gay filmmakers uh, making, effectively, art house soft porn. That's not really the point, is it? The point is, when in a mainstream product did we see a gay kiss? It's actually earlier than I thought it would be. 1927. Wow. Um, uh, it's on YouTube. It's a uh, silent movie called Wings. Uh, it won an Oscar. I'm not sure I'd call it a gay kiss It's fairly clear what the the subtext is It's Mm -hmm. what we'd call a bromance uh, In today's uh, language
0: Okay but a bromance is usually not a sexual thing
2: Exactly Um. So the the subtext is That they probably fancy each other Probably love each other more Than the girl they've been fighting over That's the plot of the film I see Uh, Mm. But nonetheless To the audience of the time They would have seen it as These are two straight characters sharing a moment of brotherly intimacy like broke back and it ha- <laughs> so the moment where it happens is on the deathbed so you've got Dave <laughs> and Jack who are World War 1 pilots mm-hmm. jack is mortally wounded dave has a tender final moment with him where he basically says love your brother kisses his forehead twirls his hair they're looking sort of From a modern perspective Lovingly into each other's eyes Uh, And no doubt uh, You know There were gay people Working on the production At the time Who knew that That was the clear subtext But I'm still not sure The audience would have Necessarily picked that up No
0: forehead is not a smooch
2: No exactly No
0: I I think this is Disqualified then What's the first Lip on lip kiss Between Uh, the same sex couple
2: Well that would be In a mainstream film 1971 then Uh, Is Sunday bloody Sunday Right Um, So
0: that is later Than I would have thought
2: uh, Here's a question from Ben Who says Helen Answer me this Why are conspiracy theorists Often referred to As the tin foil hat brigade Uh, did it all start with joe wicks in eastenders in the mid 90s
0: no it was much earlier than joe wicks in eastenders in the mid 90s what's he
2: talking about what did joe wicks do i don't know i've never seen Um,
0: joe wicks was the young guy who um went very paranoid and uh like covered all of his windows with tinfoil and stuff and was very mentally ill i think but yes, like you, I am not an EastEnders watcher.
2: So, the tinfoil thing being linked to conspiracies, yes. uh, it is a phrase I've heard a lot and I've never questioned it until now. Why, why uh, is that?
1: I, I, the story, I don't know where it comes from. The story I heard was that if you wear a tinfoil hat, it prevents electromagnetic. Waves being able to read your brain yes. So it's like a sort of mind control conspiracy I can beat the
2: government with this packet of kitchen yeah. foil yeah. yet,
0: interestingly Although it does work in that way Like a Faraday cage works Because the tinfoil hats tend to be just hats And they're not covering the face It means the government can get your thoughts through your face So mm. they've not thought of that and also, we wear a fencing mask? I suppose. They found also a, a metal mesh might be more effective than tinfoil. But MIT did a study on the efficacy of uh, three different styles of tinfoil hat. <laughs> uh, the fez, the centurion and the classical. Mm. Um, but incidentally, they found that while it did keep out... The MOD
2: out, did this study?
0: MIT. Oh, okay. The University, okay, MIT. I
2: thought, you, I thought you actually suggested that government money went into this particular area of research, which would be ironic and also would underline the case for government Well,
0: cuts. Well, <laughs> they said they've actually found that the hat amplifies certain frequencies oh God. which uh, are ones reserved for government use so they are wondering mm. whether the tinfoil hat thing was a plant by the government they're wondering this in a tongue-in-cheek way yeah. but the frequencies um are ones used for mobile communication and broadcast satellites and also aeronautical radio navigation and space to earth and space to space satellites so the government can read your thoughts more if you're wearing a tinfoil hat whoopsie
2: See, now, though, I mean, it is kind of a nostalgic, amusing reference, isn't it? Because even if uh, you genuinely believe that the government's primary focus in your life is to find out everything about you, then you know they're doing that through your Gmail account. Yeah. You know you, you, you put a
0: tinfoil hat on it, and you got hat. that plug-in.
2: <laughs> that would be a great app, wouldn't it? Tinfoil for iPhone. Actually, surely,
0: surely someone has done that. So where's the story
1: where does the story come from?
0: The tinfoil hats, well, um, the first documented use is from a science fiction short story by Julian Huxley called The Tissue Culture King, in which the protagonist uh, finds out that caps of metal foil will block the effect of telepathy. And that was published in the Yale Review in April of nineteen twenty six. Wow. But they may have been tinfoil hats. In the 18th century uh, Which may have been The uh, opposition to uh, Freemasons What They thought the Masons might have been um, Exacting mind control on them So they began their own fraternity Called the Mad Hatters And uh, when they heard about the protective properties of aluminium They created their own aluminium hats So there, tinfoil hats A rich heritage of hat If you've got a question
2: then email your question, yeah, to answer me this, huh. this podcast GoogleMail.com. Answer me this podcast to GoogleMail.com. See, babadaboo, babadaboo. Answer me this podcast GoogleMail.com. Help cat. Answer me this podcast GoogleMail.com.
0: Here's a question from a lady called S from Newcastle Who says in a couple of weeks I'll be doing a 55 mile charity bike ride Along with a number of other people in my office I'm not new to cycling It's been my primary mode of transport for the past five years Hippie I'm not the fastest thing on two wheels But I'm not bad I was worried that I'd be the only one there, not on one of those fancy pants road bikes, the super light ones with the skinny little wheels and the curved handlebars. So I suggested to a workmate that she sign up too, as I knew her bike was a second hand mountain bike similar to mine. Okay,
2: whatever the problem is, and I'm gathering you're about to complain about the person, you know, that you encouraged to sign up.
0: This could go anywhere, Ollie. <laughs> uh,
2: let's just remember that fact immediately. You encouraged her to sign up. Yes, okay. You suggested she should sign up.
0: Put an asterisk next to that
2: Hashtag just saying
0: She did And I was pretty chuffed at first Figuring we could train together And it would be super fun
2: What could go wrong
0: However After a few training rides, I've realised this was a huge mistake Could have predicted that She is the slowest cyclist I have ever known Out of a sense of camaraderie, I initially tried to ride alongside her That's not going to win you a race, is it? Uh, (laughs) But I physically cannot go that slowly without losing all forward momentum and falling to the side She seems to think this is a leisurely ride and is taking her sweet time about things because you signed her up so she's probably just thinking well this will be fun this is, yeah. like you said in the previous paragraph this will be fun yes that's right <laughs>
2: yes I've been roped into a leisure activity I'm certainly not going to treat this like business
0: as I'm the one who knows the route says S I can't just go off on my own and I need to wait for her at every junction and turning so she doesn't get lost this means I'm not really training for five hours of continuous cycling as I have to take a five minute break every mile or so yeah,
2: I, I see the issue
0: the one time I didn't wait for her at a turning she went the wrong way despite the fact it was was sign posted i have
2: a lot of sympathy for this girl can <laughs> yes. I, I just say i really like her at yeah the moment. She, <laughs> she's <laughs> our people yeah yeah exactly i know that the way this is written we're supposed to have empathy with us we,
0: but we do we do a
2: little we, we like I don't, you I both don't, I don't. <laughs> but, but actually uh if i was part of your uh hellish fun ride uh, i would be exactly doing what your partner's doing at yeah. moment. treating it like a laugh and going the wrong way because i'm yeah. malcolm be yeah. on purpose at times if just, just to, to sabotage if, it. it yeah if my friend was aban- abandoning me wrote me in something and then just head yeah, off yeah. thinking if their starting point was like oh you've got a shit bike why do not you make me feel better about myself
1: anyway
0: uh, she missed the signpost and got lost for an hour
2: yeah I don't... did she or did she go for a drink
0: also it's hilly around Newcastle you'd yeah, need a is, little yeah. break
2: I tell you what actually cycling around Newcastle would be a nice thing in the summer
0: yeah but mm. still hard steep absolutely I don't think I can continue to train with her says S but don't want to tell her it's because I can't handle her slow pace also why
2: Why can't you say that?
0: I don't know. Isn't this a bit like that question we had a couple of episodes ago from that woman who said, I can't dump this guy... By telling him he's got a small penis.
2: It's a bit like that, Helen. But the difference is, I can't imagine, and I could be wrong, that your friend would take her lack of uh, acceleration on a bike quite as personally as a man might the unchangeable size of his manhood.
0: Maybe she's a real speed queen, though. Maybe. (laughs) Uh, Also, after some solo training rides, I've realised the real one will be three times as hard as the rides we did together, and it's going to take her about six hours to complete, Whereas the longest she's been able to go for so far is four hours. Mm. The two of us will also be going to a conference in America a week after the event. So I I don't want to fall out with her because it's going to make the eight days together alone super uncomfortable. No longer super fun, super uncomfortable. So, Ollie, answer me this. How can I get out of, inverted commas, training with this girl? And how can I tell her that she needs to go faster or she'll be doing this stupid bike ride until the end of time? P.S. to give you some idea of the speed differences My average speed is 12 miles an hour Hers is 8 miles per hour The end She probably doesn't want to do this stupid
1: fun run That you've roped her into It does
0: seem a little bit that way doesn't it Yeah And also it's not your problem if she can't finish the race Or uh, she'll probably take a wrong turning anyway Because you're not going to hang back in the race to tell her where to go She'll probably just like go off and have lunch She
2: knows She knows You think she doesn't know But trust me uh, As the fat one who on every schoolboy walking expedition Uh, had to be looked after by a teacher specially delegated to stand at the back with me and sometimes leash me, Uh, I can tell you for a fact that she knows. She knows she's holding you back. She knows that she's slower than you. And And it doesn't make
0: her feel better. It's not going to make anyone feel better to be the slow one, is it?
2: No. Um, But also, she wouldn't want to hold you back in the actual event. I I think it is perfectly reasonable for you to point out with her over a drink one evening... Uh, look, obviously our speeds are different. You'll have noticed that. Uh, Obviously, when it comes to the real thing, uh, I'm afraid I'm going to have to leave you behind. So let's study the route together now. Uh, And I also think uh, once you've had that conversation, you then say... Uh, would it be okay if a few days before, you know, for the final training, I do it myself so I can build up my speed?
0: I don't think you even need to have this conversation. I think you just start training on your own. If It sounds like the whole exercise is uh, propelled by you. So if she's not going, hey, when are we going to train next, yes. Should we do it tomorrow? If she's not doing that, then you don't have to make any excuses. You just have to stop setting up the training sessions. If she is doing that, just say, oh, I went out yesterday. Oh, I'm really tired after I went out yesterday or something mm. like that. Mm. She's not as bothered as you. It's not, that's not really a problem then, is it? If she was equally bothered, that would be a problem.
1: I do think it's a bit crap to rope someone into an event that they clearly didn't want to do. Well, and then that's then go, not oh. clear,
0: is it? She, she accepted willingly. Uh, maybe,
1: or maybe she's doing it as a
2: favour, and then go, oh, but you're not good enough, so I'm just going to leave you behind. No, but then you're not saying that. You're just facing up to reality and, and saying, look, thank you for training with me. Now I need to train by myself, and then we're going to do the race. The I experiment hasn't worked. No you don't even need to mm. say that you, it will be evident to her that you're faster than her, and I yeah. don't think it's an issue.
0: She spent a lot of time looking at your sweaty ass while <laughs> when... in front of her. I just don't think you need to training dump them. I think you just need to stop calling them i think <laughs> I think this is time for a cowardly dump, and i don't I think the conference'll you be jet lagged anyway, which means you'll be horrible to each other regardless.
1: There was some talk uh, for our work away, day which was happening uh, in a month or so being uh, going skiing a dry ski slope. I just thought the number of
2: injuries when you get a bunch of nerds yeah. <laughs> on a ski slope. Uh, you must be quite difficult whilst you're skiing downhill at speed to uh, discuss ideas at depths to do with the workplace. Yeah, I don't think we're going to have any uh, mobile meetings. As I just we can imagine towards the barrier. We need a new invoice system.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Where would you go? The Milton Keynes indoor skiing bowl. I don't know That's
2: quite good That's the only one I've been to But it was quite good
0: Did you actually make it down a slope that time? I did
2: That's what gave me the false confidence So that then right. when I went skiing for real I fell over instantly If
0: only at the Milton Keynes Snowball They had had a simulator Which is like If you're trying to get over to your ski instructor And you fall over and dislocate your shoulder What happens then? What
2: happens then, yeah They did have a um, sort of alpine themed bar there Which is quite cool uh, I mean I suppose if you were doing a Milton Keynes themed bar That would be very depressing
1: mm. be quite flat
2: Yeah Organised,
1: everything would be post 1960.
2: But imagine if there was a cultural exchange and then when you actually went skiing in Switzerland they did have Milton Keynes-themed <laughs> <laughs> Lederhosen lodges. I think that could be quite cool. So oh. You could turn the Bletchley-Heath connection,
1: have some computers. Mm. Don't know what that would
2: look like. I quite like the idea, though, that you'd have this sort of beautiful alpine scene, and then at the bottom, a recreation of the UCI Point. What is the UCI Point? Uh, it's the uh, first multiplex cinema in uh, England. Wow, honey? how many yeah. screens? Uh, I believe it had six, it's no longer with us, but it had oh a dear. Uh, distinctive triangular shell. Now Victoria in Belfast has also been in touch. She says recently I was admitted to hospital for an indeterminate amount of time. Mm. That's never good, really, is it?
0: Indeterminate. No, it's yeah.
2: not the word you want to hear. I uh, hope you're feeling a bit better, Victoria. I she hope says. Got someone uh, to
0: bring you food that's edible.
2: <laughs> yeah, that is probably more important than what she's about to say. Yeah. She says to help keep myself entertained, uh, I decided to buy. Some of the answer me this back catalogue.
0: Well, oh, thank you for turning your unfortunate situation into money for us. Yeah. If indeed, anything yeah. good is going to come out of this, uh,
2: she says, uh, the back episodes of the show have really, really helped keep me sane during one of the most horrible experiences of my life. Uh, so thank you so much.
0: Well, that's lovely of you. to say.
2: Thank you, Victoria.
0: What we're doing is pretty stupid, but if it's uh, useful to any of you, that's always wonderful to hear. It's
2: also nice as well that people who are hearing our early work for the first time now can say, you know, as fans of our current work that it holds up Because our instincts is always to play it down a little and say, oh, you know, the early stuff's a bit dodgy. But actually, you know, we do get as feedback from people who are buying our episodes at AnswerMeThisStore.com that they are enjoying the early stuff. So thank you.
0: Yeah, we've gone pretty early for today's intermission, which is from episode 15. Oh, good Lord. It's it's the
2: equivalent of Muppet Babies, but for Answer Me This.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So we're still finding our legs. I Yeah, I think my
2: my voice was an octave higher at this point.
0: Uh, So this is from early 2007 and is available along with all of our classic episodes and our albums and our apps at answermethistore.com Russell says Ollie, answer me this do devil worshippers <laughs> of course <laughs> when they die get sent to heaven or hell because hell is what they want so as a punishment surely they would be sent <laughs> to heaven
2: right <laughs> is, good question Russell. A brilliant question really seriously now do devil worshippers actually really properly exist Do
0: they actually even die? <laughs> but
2: do you know what I mean? Like, It's the kind of thing when you're 16 you'd say you were a devil worshipper unless they're involved in a tragic accident early in life like trying to plug their electric guitar into some water or something <laughs> um, probably most of these people who claim to be devil worshippers by the time they die have realised that they're being a bit silly and, Yeah, they grow it really, it. Yeah, it doesn't really come into it, does it?
0: Listeners, please do send us questions using your voices by calling us on the following number 020812358777 or by Skyping, answer me this. Let's hear who's been in touch today.
1: Rob from London. Helen and Molly, answer me this. Why is it that at every hotel I stay at, the concierge has two crossed keys over their uh, lapel on their jacket?
0: I don't think I'd noticed this in real life until I'd seen the Grand Budapest Hotel.
2: I haven't seen that. Is it as irritating as it looks?
0: No, I think it's less irritating than that.
2: Yeah? You think I should give it a go, even though all Wes Anderson films irritate me deeply? Not necessarily, but it's... I, it's, it's a caper. It's my favourite of his films, I think, so far. Yeah.
0: But anyway, there's a, a, a plot strand with a lot of concierges with their secret cross-keys society thing, and now I notice it's real. Are they all in a secret society, like in the film?
2: No, they are in... It's basically a union. Oh! Um, It is uh, the society called Le Clef d'Or The Society of the Golden Keys Translated into uh, English Uh, But it was founded in 1929 in Paris Um, And basically it is a sign of quality uh, mm. That uh, the hotel you are staying in. So obviously, Rob, uh, you stay only in the very best places. It's not um, a travel
0: lodge thing, then. Yeah, so.
2: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> obviously, the whole idea of the concierge is they're supposed to have the magical kind of strings to all the puppets that you want to control all around town. Mm. And really, the only way you can harness that effectively is if you have a group of you across all the different hotels so that essentially every good restaurant in town has a table left over for a concierge to call that day I and see. book. Um, so
0: it's like a network and also a cabal.
2: Yeah. So there's cooperation and sharing information going on you know someone from the waldorf will write to someone from the ritz and say hey we've got two tickets phantom of the opera tomorrow night do you need them because we don't anymore etc mm. that's the idea
0: can they press the keys and that opens up like a walkie talkie thing immediately <laughs> to all the other concierges
2: <laughs> but i i quite kind of prefer the idea that the concierge a really good hotel wouldn't have to be part of the golden keys because they'd have all their own contacts they'd be such a strong totemic figure in the world of uh, priority booking and so on, that they'd be able to just know the right people. you basically describing the plot of the Gwen Budapest Hotel. Am I? <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I'm unwittingly, without having seen it. But there,
0: but there is a strength in a network, Ollie, because you're sharing resources rather than everyone having to expend effort to get the same resources.
2: Yeah. Well, look at you, Captain Radiotopia. They've changed your <laughs> mind.
0: Um, <laughs> Take my blood. <laughs>
2: um, but the official version of the cross keys that you're spotting, Rob, on, on the lapels is actually developed by the Swiss jeweller Boeckere. Uh, How is that? Uh, spelt uh, B-U-C-H-E-R-E-R B-U-C-H-E-R-E-R uh, Bouchere I suppose who created that official version in 1998 until then you just had all different versions all over the world chaos yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's there's actually one manufacturer who makes the pins so they are the same everywhere homogenous yeah
0: the other day I was booking an Airbnb room and I was reading reviews on one that got really really well reviewed and looked quite cool but also it was saying oh yes you get to hang out loads with uh, Rita and Stan who, yeah, uh, it who own it immediately. I was like I can't especially if I'm jet lagged I do not, not, here to make do friends. not want yeah. do not want and so I booked one where the guy was like You will never meet me. (laughs) I I come in to water the plants every other evening, but you will not see me.
2: Yeah, I'm a bit like that. Even in hotels, I don't really want a warm welcome. I just want to be dealt with efficiently. Mm. Uh, And yet,
0: you don't like the robot checkouts in Tesco. Very inconsistent, Ollie.
2: Mm. Yes, that is inconsistent, isn't it? Well, that's
0: you. Inconsistent.
2: Um, I think because those are obviously replacing a person's job. I want a person to be there. To
0: act like a machine. To act like a machine. Right, that's... That's the worst. No, 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 that
2: is that is consistent, though. So it's isn't literally it? dehumanising. Yes, I want someone to be dehumanising and efficient. That's what they're getting paid Tremendous. for. But I want them to wow. be able to answer my question if, they're, if I can't use the machine. I think that's reasonable. I think that's what a lot of people want.
0: What about a robot butler? Do you I'm, like one of them? <laughs> Here's a question from Matt from Cheshire. He specifies not the posh bit of Cheshire. He says My eldest son Is a normal Well-adjusted Sociable chap Turning into just The sort of decent bloke That we aspired to As parents when he was born Okay yeah, 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 yeah. However
2: oh, good uh, Despite his
0: maturity And growing worldly wisdom He still calls us Mummy and daddy And not in a posh landed Gentry sort of way As we're northerners <laughs> They have gentry in the north Ollie answer me this Should we do something About this?
2: So I, I presume You want to be called uh, Mar and Dar Like in the Darling Buds of May
0: <laughs> Maybe he's rebelling Um, He's he's turning out so well in every other way He's like, I don't want to take up smoking or something What is a way that I can nettle them?
2: Well, the thing is, Matt from Cheshire hasn't actually told us How old his eldest son is
0: Yeah, if he's seven, then I think this is all right
2: acceptable I I think the age at which I self-determined And I did make the decision myself, having observed popular culture Uh, that I was going to try and sound uh, like a kind of middle-class suburban kind of guy uh, rather than an upper-class toff kind of guy. And I could have gone in either direction because I went Mm -hmm. to a Bosch school. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the age at which I decided that my destiny was more David Baddiel uh, than Julian Mm Fellows, I chose, right, from this day on, I'm going to say mum and dad. And I just did it. I switched one day from mummy and daddy to mum and dad. And I think I was about eight. I remember deliberately Mm. thinking it. You're a very class-conscious infant. (laughs)
0: Um, Okay, I think if your son is pre-adolescence, Matt, don't worry, because he'll go through the phase where he doesn't even want to talk to you. And on the other side of that, he'll probably call you mum and dad. Um, If if he's an adult, I don't know, there could be something ironized because I grew up calling my parents mum and dad, and then... yeah, sometimes I flippantly either call her mother or mumsy And very rarely the normal things in between And dad is pops And then if I'm then if I'm slightly telling off my mum Then I'll call her Alison, which is her first name Wow If I'm trying to discipline my dad, I do it in a South African accent Because I figure that that will remind him of the discipline of his childhood If <laughs> you're trying to discipline
2: anyone, that's pretty good advice
0: But also, how do you decide between, say, grandma and granny? Or nan? That's nana. a parent's decision, isn't yes. it? Yeah And also to distinguish from the different sets of grandparents, I suppose.
2: Well, yeah, in my case, so my dad's mum was called Anne, so she was Granny Annie, (laughs) because it sounded funny. (laughs) My dad still calls me son.
0: Do you think that's just so your dad can remember who you are? You're, you're a man, Ollie, yeah. who seems keen to be a parent someday What yeah. would you like your child to call you When they're, say, 5 years old, 15 years old, 25? Yeah. Yeah, do you have any thoughts about yeah, that?
2: Yeah, I do, yeah
0: oh, You're thinking ahead, obviously, because you haven't got a child no, yet No, but
2: you're absolutely right it's da- It is daddy when it's 5, isn't it? And I don't know why that is, but I suppose because it's cuter Things that end i.e. or Y sound cute out of a child's mouth mm. Gary um, <laughs> <laughs> Not so much Gary <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's wow. true Uh, (laughs) barry's an amazing name i'd love to call my kid barry well
0: better get on with it barry man barry man yeah Barry
2: (laughs) uh but then yeah at 15 it is dad
0: yeah
2: and at 25 i'd just be grateful i'm still alive really i think
0: well that's optimistic isn't it
2: yeah but i think that's it though isn't it I i don't think i'd care when the kid's 25 what he calls me i'd just be grateful to have a relationship
0: yes that's uh, mm, a yeah. good point. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't I...
2: want him to call me twat. Don't get me wrong.
0: <laughs> yeah, but... get over yourself, then, Matt. You should Fuck just post. be happy. <laughs> Do you think Matt's just embarrassed if uh, it's in front of other people? God, Matt's, uh, Matt's kid is calling him daddy. God, must be there must be secret poshos in the north. Yeah,
2: well, exactly. Matt's question is full of the worries of ingrained class prejudice, isn't it? You know, I come from Cheshire, not the posh bit. We're Northerners, so we can't be posh. I mean, Matt, it sounds like you've got a lot of issues about this that it, actually perhaps yeah. the next generation are ignoring. I mean, it, perhaps this is a good thing.
0: Easy solution: move to my hometown of Tunbridge Wells.
2: <laughs> we're we're Don't all Tunbridge Wells now, Helen. One yes. nation. Oh. One nation Tories. <laughs> I
0: warned you, nation (laughs) I warned you about Tunbridge Wells Did you listen? No I only like things that feature the number 7 Like the Secret 7 and Magnificent 7 I've even got time for lucky number 11 Who doesn't love Lucy Lou?
2: You're gonna gush with joy over Squarespace 7 It's a cross-platform web design tool sent from heaven The site you build will be full of surprises Like the end of 7
0: What's in the box? Thanks very much to Squarespace for sponsoring this episode of Answer Me This.
2: Yes, thank you, Squarespace, for all you have done for the world of podcasting and for supplying our listeners with easy-to-use websites to build and design.
0: You can build yourself a lovely website using Squarespace and it's very easy and I know because I've been uh, using it for the Illusionist website, theillusionist.org. And uh, the good thing is you can make the changes right at the front so it's not messing around with code. It's yeah, you just, just
2: drag and drop and push things around and it all magically falls into place. You
0: change all the fonts into orange, you get to see them turn orange yeah. straight away. Is, it's good, good
2: stuff. is it
1: good for embedding like, YouTube and SoundCloud
2: you and can Im- stuff?
0: You could embed the shit out can of I? everything. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe
1: I should do mine. On, yeah, treat space. yourself. Yeah, and
0: uh, if you do do that, then uh, you can get 10% off for a year oh, wow. if you use the code ANSWER. answer. Uh, here's a question from Moira, who says, when we registered to vote, we were asked for our national insurance numbers, mm-hmm. which got us talking about what the letters on the end of the national insurance numbers mean. So many
2: people listening to this now, Moira, want your life.
0: National insurance numbers, two letters at the beginning, then six numbers, and then a single letter at the end. Correct. That's the format. That is. Moira says, I was always told that the letter dictated what order you would be called to the army if we went to war. (laughs) D's being first, A's being last. Mine is A. I'm a D. What, whoa. Yeah. Maybe it's um, a gender thing. I don't know. Ollie, answer me this. Is there actually any truth in that? If so, how come I'm a D and my husband has wangled his way to an A? If not, then what could they possibly mean? What could
2: they possibly mean? Get how the could enigma they... machine. <laughs> how could they possibly be just a boring, bureaucratic collection of prefix, suffix, and some random numbers? Yeah. Well, uh, the suffix, which she's referring to, the letter on the end, uh, goes from A to D in order... Uh, some people are A, some people are B, some people are C, some people are D, depending on when in the year you're registered. And the reason for that mm-hmm. uh, was back in the day when employers had to purchase national insurance stamps and stick them onto their cards for each employee. Mm-hmm. When the cards were complete, they'd then be processed in order uh, by the department for social security so imagine like when everyone returns their tax return for example mm-hmm. if everyone did it all at once on the 5th of april mm-hmm. then the system would be overwhelmed with people trying to process that information as it is they give you a year or whatever it is to do it so that they come in slowly throughout the year it's the same idea mm-hmm. they didn't want everyone's tax returns coming back at the same time everyone's employer's cards coming back at the same time so they spread it out quarterly that is the boring reason why
0: but i'm an a and my birthday is 22nd of april yours is 12th of may close together you're a d Yeah. What gives?
2: Well, there are um, regional differences as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, for example, that is sometimes uh, reflected in the prefix, sometimes not. Uh, So uh, it might be that your prefix is JX and that's just random. Uh, But, for example, uh, if you have JY, that is Jersey, MN is the Isle of Man, Mm -hmm. BT is Northern Ireland... Uh, So there are some regional variations going in as well Depending on which office would be processing your national insurance returns Yeah,
0: at the beginning, but at the end
2: No, no, but the point is, there's regional differences So we were born in different places true. Uh, So they'd got to A and D at different times
0: What about yours, Martin? What letters at the end Um, yours? I'm an A A? Hmm. Okay A for Austwick
2: Yeah But sometimes people say, well, hold on, hold on They're obviously not random Because my kids have got consecutive numbers uh, mm-hmm. and in that case that that is true they're not random and that's because they adapt the child reference number for child benefit and those are consecutive based on siblings in a family uh, and then hmm. turn it into national insurance number but otherwise they're basically random sometimes the prefix is completely random the suffix is just when in the year they decide to process your application on return it is i'm afraid that dull
0: well that's what you get for asking a question about something dull i think you it get was, a dull answer. Yeah, I, I thought think,
2: you did the best you could with it thank you I kind of wanted to find something more interesting about it, yeah. but like there a, isn't.
0: Like a secret code, like who would get eaten first, yeah. if need be. <laughs> yeah.
2: uh, but unless, of course, I mean, if there was a secret code, mm. if, if the tin foil hat brigade were interested in this, yes. uh, then, of course, the answers that I could find through a simple Google wouldn't be the truth, would they? So actually, maybe I've just given the conventional answer that the man wants you to hear.
0: And you propagated it. Um. You're a tool of the big evil
2: mission. Yeah. Here's a question from Jennifer in Loxley, Alabama. Um, The Dallas Zoo, she says, has a giraffe that just had a baby.
0: A baby giraffe, I'm assuming.
2: If not, that's a new story that I really would have liked to have tuned into. Uh, Animal Planet and the Zoo live streamed the birth online. uh, And as I watched the giraffe prepare to give birth, I began to wonder. About the knobs on the giraffe's head.
0: Like me with the royal baby. When when she came out of the hospital, I was like, I can't see the start of the horns. Yeah. They're probably hidden by the blanket.
2: <laughs> Helen, answer me this. Did giraffes ever have antlers? Maybe. Why do they have those knobs?
0: No one is quite sure. They're called ossicones. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're made out of ossified cartilage rather than bone, which is what antlers are made of. And they're covered in skin and fur. And I think in male giraffes, the fur comes off the top. So male giraffes got bald ones, whereas uh, female giraffes got little tufty ones. Mm-hmm. So it's unusual for male and female creatures to have antlers. Usually it's just the males mm. who have antlers and horns. And also they don't shed them like antlers. So if you saw a giraffe's skull, it would still have the ossicones coming out of it like two little aerials.
2: But also they're really tall giraffes, I think yeah, it's fair to are. say. Yeah, well uh, done. Therefore... Uh, why would they need antlers? I guess that's why evolution has got rid of them. Um, Because, you know, they're not going to be headbutting anything that's uh, anywhere near their own height anyway.
0: Well, now when giraffes are fighting each other, they kind of twist their necks around each other's necks and headbutt each other that. and like bang well when would you like going down the uh, Edgeware high road <laughs> yeah and then they'll like bang each other's heads and so they've got bony protuberances on their heads for fighting they think maybe the ossicones were the base for antlers and then as giraffes evolved to have longer and longer necks they did evolve out of the antlers because it's a bit of an inconvenience isn't it if you've got a long spindly neck to have a big set of antlers on top you need quite a sturdy neck for that and it is quite difficult for a rotting. Um, but they also thought maybe they're for thermoregulation because they are—they do have a blood system. So maybe it's just like a little heat vent on the giraffe's head. Hmm.
2: Good explanation. Do you well, think if the really... royal baby had equally been live streamed, people would have watched?
0: Oh, my God, yes. Probably not
2: on Animal Planet, I... <laughs> dignity to the family. I still
0: would not have watched because I would still be so automatically bored. You'd
2: look once, though, to see Henany, wouldn't you?
0: No, I would once
2: mean, but no, no, not to be mean. If I'm saying if she'd volunteered, if the whole family had volunteered,
0: I would like to see Kate Middleton screaming. Fuck! Yeah, <laughs> I'd watch for that.
2: Yeah, um. I, it would be. I'd like to know as well how hands-on. William was because everyone talks mm. about him being progressive and modern, and you know he's the man by the bedside, and and, and, and I'm sure he is. Didn't
0: have any afterbirth on his blue jumper when well, he came that's out, it. did he?
2: You know, by royal standards, of course he's more hands-on than Prince Philip was, who sort of did a thing in mm. a chair and then went around the world for two years until the children came out. But
0: <laughs> it was the style of
2: the time. It was the style of the time. Um, I still wonder whether he really uh, was perhaps as intimate as uh, other modern dads are these days. I
0: think though most modern dads are still going to stay at the head end, having their hands. Yes, crossed.
2: I think that's probably the right thing. Helen, Oliver, though life is full of questions, there are answers you must know. One,
1: no,
0: it will not fall off, but moderation in all things, two, yes, there probably is, but we won't find out in our lifetimes, three. Most people prefer Connery, but my personal favorite is Dalton, for if you try and slip a one, it would ruin your friendship. Here's a question from Jess from Toledo who says, I've only once had the opportunity to visit the UK about 20 years ago when I went on a trip with my grandparents and parents at the age of about 11 or 12. Honestly, this vacation took place so long ago that I remember very little of it. Yeah,
2: 1995. Yeah.
0: Uh, uh, Windows 95 would have just
2: come out, wouldn't it? That's I remember queuing to get that in 1995.
0: Uh, the band Space, they were probably in the charts. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I remember
2: very little of it.
0: I remember very little of it, she says, though I know I picked up a few souvenirs.
2: Maybe a Space CD.
0: I have no recollection of what they were or where they may have ended up, with one exception. Oh,
2: intrigue, tease. Mm. Yeah, like it. If only your parents had got a T-shirt that said... Uh, my parents went to London and all they got was this lousy t-shirt, then you'd have a reference point, wouldn't you? you know for sure uh, what they'd got and what they did.
0: But she also went to London and got that lousy t-shirt. Doesn't matter, it's still a reference point, isn't it? She says... My grandfather was kind of a rascally guy and at one of the castle ruins we visited, he picked up a stone that had been part of the castle and then gave it to me when we got home. It's a piece of flint with what I believe is some limestone mortar stuck to it.
2: Okay. I'm
0: not sure exactly which castle it came from, but my best guess is that it may have been Canterbury Castle because my grandmother is Episcopalian and she was totally stoked to visit the cathedral, so we spent time in the area. It's
2: amazing, isn't it? Someone from Toledo... Has
0: been to Kent. Jess says, I thought the stone was pretty cool and I've displayed it in a place of honour in every home I've lived in since then. But I've come to be of two minds on the subject. On the one hand, or one mind if she's of two minds, (laughs) my grandfather passed away a few years later and I've always considered it as much of a memento of him as of the trip.
2: Yeah, I can see that.
0: On the other hand, I have a piece of rock that probably spent a thousand years as a piece of an English castle sitting on a shelf in my living room in Ohio. Yeah. But then that piece of rock was rock for millions of years exactly. and then got misappropriated for a few hundred years to be a castle
2: yeah i think that's right and i don't know i know this is kind of exciting in ohio but in england i mean any rock you see on the street could have been part of a famous castle couldn't it i mean there's a lot to go around
0: yeah so ollie answer me this what crimes did my grandfather commit in taking this stone and transporting it off British soil? What should I do with it? Should I keep it and feel no further guilt about the matter? Or should I find some way to get it back to the place whence it came? Which you don't know which place that was. And if the latter, how do you suggest going about that?
2: Oh, no, I don't think you should return no. it to the seat of the crime.
0: What are they going to do? They're just going like, to put it in the bin because they're like, well, someone could turn their ankle on this but just leave be, it on the ground.
2: It would be such an amusingly underwhelmed reaction if you tried to call Canterbury Council and say that you wanted to return a piece of limestone.
0: But you're not even sure that it's from the castle there so can they possibly test it? Is there a
2: castle in Canterbury? Yeah. There is. Um... Yeah, No, the whole thing fell down after he took the stone. That was
0: it. <laughs> it was, why would you take the good stone?
2: The keystone. Uh, I yeah. mean, the technical answer is, of course, there is a crime We called heritage crime, which is, you know, desecration or vandalism of a historic site.
0: It might not have even been a valuable stone though, it could have just been like some grapple or some well, shit. that's it.
2: I, I can't imagine anyone is going to prosecute you for that crime unless you've literally stolen a bit of Stonehenge.
0: Doing them a favour, tidying up the street.
2: Uh, if everyone went and did it, mm. that would be a problem, and you yep. would get prosecuted because it is a historic site. But it's it's like it's it's like pissing in a stream, isn't it? If one person does it, really, Mm. you're not upsetting the ecology. Really, the environment can deal with it. If everyone at a music festival goes and pisses in the stream, that's a problem and all the fish die. And that stream's just piss at that point. Then it's just a stream of piss, yeah. So it's that thing, isn't it? Mm. Really, your granddad stealing one stone 20 years ago isn't going to make any difference. But if your story inspires others to do the same, if every tourist who came did it, then we'd have a real issue. I sort
1: of disagree. I think the fact that he's done it is bad, but it it having been done, there's no benefit to taking it back. Like It's not like you can sort of you know, get a bit of limestone mortise and stick it back
2: in wherever it was. Well, you're imagining it being taken from a fully formed ruined wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah But if it yeah. was lying just on the floor... Yeah, there is no harm to that. If,
0: yeah, if you see it lying around, I think that's a different issue to actually hacking it out of the wall.
2: Yes, yes, that is archaeological vandalism.
0: Let me return to the neighbours' references. There are two. One, when I went on a, a bus tour to Pinoak Court, which stands in for Ramsey Street you were forbidden to take a lemon off the tree because souvenir hunters were always taking lemons off the lemon trees.
2: Yeah, you see, again, one person does it fine. Everyone does it. No lemons. Where are they going to get lemons from? (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Their gin and tonics will taste bad. Uh, The second thing is, I remember in Neighbours, Button... You know, that character that we love to hate.
2: Rebecca Ritters. Uh,
0: She and Helen Daniels went went on a trip to Uluru, uh, known as Ayers Rock at the time, I think, and Uh she took a bit of stone and that is bad luck. And so there was a whole like wobble board soundtrack (laughs) plot where Button had bad luck because of this cursed bit of stone and it's cursed until you return it to Uluru. So I think Uluru had cleverly written in to its own contract, the fact that you can't vandalise it by taking bits away. That is, uh, you
2: know, and it's obviously had a lasting impact for you because here you are all these years later, 20 years later probably, same sort of time, still remembering it very strongly. Very different experience to this, Jess.
0: Yeah, when I went to Uluru, I did not take anything.
2: (laughs) Do you sometimes take natural souvenirs though?
0: Yeah, I've got bits of like uh, black stones off um, an Icelandic beach because it's odd to see black beaches.
2: Except there, of course, it's very common so you're not really doing anything vandalistic.
0: And also volcanoes go off a lot and so they have new land forming all the time because of the volcanoes.
2: Now that's cool. What have you done with this?
0: It's uh, on top of the clock that you gave me for my 30th birthday.
2: Okay, I'll have a look on my way out.
0: Like a little... Tableau
2: Okay I've got some We did one of those things You can buy in John Lewis Like one of those frames That you pin things oh, in Oh yes uh, And we did one of those For our trip to Florida And there is For example A leaf An autumnal leaf
0: How dare you Which is a
2: bit weird Because uh, we get leaves Lots of them in Hertfordshire We
0: do have a lot of leaves In Britain
2: there's a New England Style to the leaf Arguably that, But in Florida uh, well, it was, uh, I, didn't, I didn't bore you With the details It was when we were In New England Before we went to Florida oh, But it's in funny. the Florida frame With the Florida I'm, I'm sorry It was from the earlier Part of the road trip ah. um, But thank you for being A stickler for accuracy as ever. Uh, but uh, when we went to uh, Oregon last year Went to yes. Sisters Yes Beautiful Almost sort of alpine forest mm-hmm. Fuck loads of pine needles Just so many yeah. And pine cones
0: Why would you want those? Those are all over the
2: place Well they're all again But they look different Because they're grander in structure
0: Everything's bigger in America
2: Everything's bigger in America Than the ones we get here So we when it was coming up to Christmas time We were there in October So we came home with a bag Of five pine cones Because we thought we'd spray them And do a Christmassy thing with them and we just put them on our mantelpiece by the fireplace. And they look really nice. And now I literally can't move them because they've somehow got sharper. As they've dried, oh. they've got really prickly. And I can't even go to near to them. Yeah, the if you touch them. So they've got an inbuilt alarm system. Uh, so it's Christmas permanently in my house I, I had a much, much darker ending to that story where he said, and then all these spiders cl- started coming in. <laughs> and
0: then my girlfriend started acting really weird and her eyes turned black. Uh, could, you, <laughs> could you not wear gloves to pick them up and dispose of them?
2: I suppose there's a solution, Helen. S-
0: or tongs. There are several solutions,
2: Ollie. There's no like, practical solutions and Ollie's not a practical. We've established. Point. I think nature is teaching me to respect the pine cones and not move them about too much. Yes. All of which brings us to the end of this episode of Answer Me This. Mm-hmm. But, but it, wait, there's more.
0: Maybe. maybe. If maybe. you send us more questions, That's how it by works. email, phone and Skype, and our contact details for your convenience are on our website AnswerMeThisPodcast.com Ollie made a kind of triumphant punching the air gesture as he read out the website for the nth time. Yes, yeah, so it
2: wasn't really excitement at reading out the website so much as excitement that we finally reached the end of this recording. Uh, it is Sunny outside. We're going to go for a walk. Yeah, maybe have some. To that. Lunch. Maybe ice cream. That was the Whoa air pumping excitement Whoa that there. I was channeling mm. there. Uh, and remember, you too can get air pumping excitement by buying our classic episodes, albums, apps, and more at answermethisstore.com and thereby supporting the show.
0: And uh, you can also enjoy the air pumping excitement at me this and slash Helen and Ollie. Hey,
2: we might just see you there, friend.
0: And just before we go, we must thank Squarespace for supporting this episode episode of on to me this. Bye!
1: Bye. 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 Bye.